This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 19th of January. In your Squiz today, China's economy is under the microscope, Iran strikes Pakistan, Japan attempts a moon landing, and a Turkish yogurt cake. This is your Squiz today. Claire, despite our recent troubles, the health of Australia's economy remains closely tied to China's fortunes. And in recent times, there's been concerns about their slow rate of economic growth. But figures released this week say that China's economy is doing better than anticipated. Yeah, so those figures say that in the October to December quarter, China's economy grew by 5.2%, which is better than the economists had expected. But hold your horses, Alice, (laughs) if you're going to pop the bubbly on those numbers. Uh, The country is in the grip of a massive property crisis, and that's seen the government intervene to stem the losses. That's led to less government spending to help the economy bounce back from the country's strict COVID lockdowns. Of course, we talked quite a bit at the time about all sorts of industries being shut down because China closed up shop when there were COVID cases. Uh, Thanks to geopolitics and also the state of the global economy, China recorded its first foreign investment decline last year since the records began in 1998. So there's lots to be concerned about. Yeah, and that's before you get into their longer-term trends. So squizzers might want to pocket this talking point for their socialising on the weekend. New data out this week shows that China's population dropped for the second consecutive year to 1.4 billion people, and that will mean fewer workers for future economic growth there. So, Claire, take us through what that means for us here in Oz. China remains Australia's largest trading partner, even though We've had all of those troubles. We really need them to be chugging along nicely because a slowing Chinese economy means less demand for Australian exports. Iron ore is the big one. Reports say that China's orders are holding up, but it could stall if China's economy continues to slump. So in 2024, Aussie policymakers and financial analysts will be keeping a very close eye on China and its economy. Yeah, they'll also be tracking our own data closely and that includes the employment rate stats that came through yesterday for December. The top line from that is that fewer Aussies were looking for work at the end of last year. Worth pointing out, that's nothing new, though, for the last month of the year. But it saw our unemployment rate stay steady at 3.8%, despite 65,000 jobs being lost from the economy. Claire, we've been talking a lot about the concerns of a broader Middle East conflict breaking out after the Israel-Hamas war kicked off. And there's been some incidents this week which have fuelled those concerns. The latest is that Iran launched a missile attack on Pakistan. For those who aren't familiar with Middle Eastern geography, and you can be forgiven for that on a Friday morning, Pakistan is Iran's neighbour and Iran has claimed that the strike in the border region targeted Iranian Sunni militants who were actually planning attack against the Iranian regime. But Pakistan says that two children were killed and the strike was a blatant violation, they say, of its airspace. 
case. It's expelled Iran's ambassador from Islamabad and it's also withdrawn its own representative from Tehran in response to that attack. And we spoke about China earlier. It's gotten involved in this situation too. It's trying to stop in that region a whole situation from boiling over. Yeah, China's foreign ministry called on the close neighbours to exercise restraint and avoid actions that escalate the tension. Iran reckons it doesn't want to get involved in a broader conflict, but this week it also struck targets in Iraq and Syria. And Claire, we've mentioned this before, but Iran also backs the Houthi rebels in Yemen. They've been responsible for those attacks on commercial ships in the Red Sea. It's probably been a while since you've seen Sheryl Sandberg in the news. She's the tech executive and former Facebook chief operating officer. And Claire, she was back in the headlines yesterday because she's stepping away from the company. Alice, I'm going to ask you, have you read her book, Lean In? I bought the book, but I never read it. (laughs) (laughs) I just have it sitting on my bookshelf. (laughs) I'm sure there are many who would say the same thing. I certainly read it. It was quite a phenomenon when it came Mm. out in 2013. Of course, it was a rallying cry to women not to abandon their careers when they got all their adult responsibilities like having children, that sort of thing. She was urging them to stay connected to the workforce. Um, Just to start at the beginning, though, she joined Facebook when it was just a baby startup. And she really was Mark Zuckerberg's right-hand woman for 14 years. She spent 12 years also on their board. That book really did see her rise to broader attention. Um, Although that sounds like a whole fairy tale career, Sandberg and Facebook have faced a lot of criticism over recent years for things like fueling misinformation during the 2016 US election campaign. Also, the Cambridge Analytica privacy scandal and Sandberg as the chief operating officer was right in the middle of all of that. And Claire, this probably isn't a big surprise, but Sandberg posted her announcement on Facebook. She said that she was leaving with a mind filled with memories. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. It's a good weekend to be a space nerd because Japan is about to make history. Its spacecraft, which is called Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, which I think is very (laughs) on the nose, Claire, is due to touch down on the moon tomorrow night. Yeah, it does make for a good acronym, though, which is SLIM. (laughs) It's it's the SLIM spacecraft. Um, A very good weekend for space nerds, and hopefully they do make history because, of course, Mm. a lot of countries haven't had a lot of luck recently when it comes to their moon endeavours. Uh, It launched last September. What they're trying to do is show off its precision landing capabilities. That's what the Japanese officials say. Those capabilities could change the game for future lunar exploration. That descent will start at 10.30pm Sydney time tomorrow night. Touchdown is expected 20 minutes later. And Claire, there's no guarantees in space, but if all of that goes to plan, Japan will join Russia, the United States, China and India in managing a soft landing on the moon. They're essentially trying to avoid a crash landing. So fingers crossed for this one. 
Claire, I reckon I've whinged to you a bit about the humidity in Adelaide over the past couple of weeks. It's very unusual for it to get humid here, so I have absolutely zero (laughs) tolerance. But it turns out I just needed some perspective because it's been much worse in other parts of the country. Yeah, so we talked a little bit last week about how humid it has been in Sydney. I can absolutely testify to the record-breaking humidity that's been here. remember last week during the midst of all of it taking Tucker for a walk down the street quite early, I felt like all the couples around me were very cranky. There were lots of people chipping each other. There were some outright fights between couples on the street. So people are a bit on edge and that has been backed up by the science. Uh, A retired psychologist from Darwin, Mary Morris, she had studied a group of labourers who didn't have access to air conditioning in the top end. She said that the results showed that going tropo is a real thing. Yeah, she also says the lethargy that comes hand in hand with serious humidity is akin to similar feelings that people in the northern hemisphere get in the depths of their winter. And Claire, my interpretation of that is that she's giving us the green light to lounge around all weekend. Yeah, maybe by a pool. That's a place (laughs) to be. Friday lights, Claire. What have you got this week? Look, well, as you headlined, Alice, I know that you're very excited about this. A Turkish yogurt cake. Mm. Uh, I saw this mentioned in a news article. I can't for the life of me think where I heard it mentioned, but uh, I tracked down a recipe and I tried it last weekend. It's only got five ingredients. It is really, really simple to make and it has a cheesecake like results. So yeah, a really good one. Liked it a lot. I'll, I'll definitely make it again. I love cheesecake, so I am excited about this. I'll put the link to it in the episode notes. Dolly Parton is turning 78 today, Claire. I've had a soft spot for her since my friend took me to her theme park, Dollywood, mm. in Tennessee. So I'm going to be listening to Jolene on repeat today to celebrate. I'm very jealous <laughs> that you've been to Dollywood. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, for me, I'm just pointing you towards our Squiz Kids podcast. They're heading back towards starting up again as school goes back. But they've got some great kids versus adult quizzes out. Uh, there's one every Friday. So there's a new one out this morning if you just need to do something with your kids as you're heading into the end of school holidays just might be a good activity for you. Good one. And that's it for us today. Have a great Friday and weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.